Let's pray. Father, we ask as we uh, come under this roof together, that just as, as we articulate things, Lord, as we, uh, as I'm communicating this morning, we just want to submit everything in our hearts to your will. Lord, we have our plans, we have our thoughts, our desires, which we believe the Lord is doing in our hearts, which you're doing in our hearts, Lord, but um, it's, it's a walk of faith. And Lord, we know in life that as we do step out, um, you often redirect. You just want to get us moving. And so as a fellowship, we totally, we just surrender that whole thing to you. We, we give you lordship as if we can give it to you. It is yours, but in our hearts, we lay down lordship of our lives, of our church, and we ask that you would take this small band of, of believers, Lord, that you've redeemed with your precious blood, Lord Jesus, and that you would go ahead and direct us as you see fit. So, Lord, we just ask that you lead and guide us this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Last week, we shared our vision with you. The core vision of CCF is, is why we exist. Why we exist as a fellowship, it is to glorify God. And as I was sharing with you last week, everybody goes, yeah, we know that. But we know it, but when does it get into our hearts to where it affects what we do, how we act, how we make decisions, and everything in our life? And that's what the process, I believe, the elders and our church is going to have to go through. And and I don't want to reteach last week's teaching, but it's very important that you go online, you listen to the message, or you come talk to one of us, because this is the, the core vision of our church is to glorify God. And one of the definitions I used last week to illustrate what it means to glorify God is by is John Piper. And he says glorifying means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect his greatness that make much of God, that give evidence of the supreme greatness of all his attributes and the all-satisfying beauty of his manifold perfections. You're like going, what? He just starts going lofty. It's living, thinking, acting, feeling in ways that reflect him. It's all-encompassing. It attacks and, and encompasses, and it's every part of our lives. That's what it means to glorify God. We reflect what we're looking at and who we know to the world around us. So w- when we come to dis- major decisions in our church, when we come into major decisions in our lives, we say, how does this glorify God? How can this glorify God? <clears throat> and we don't go to the world for those answers. We don't go to Google. We don't go to Dr. Whoever. We don't click on the TV. We go to his word. We go to people who are filled with the spirit, who are living it out. We go and we ask God, God, give us wisdom from your throne. What do I do with X, Y, Z? Because I exist not for my own pleasure, but for your glory. And living lives for his glory will give you, will give me the greatest satisfaction because guess what? That is what we were created for. That is why you were created. And by the way, that's why you each created differently. Is you uniquely can glorify God in a way that the person next to you cannot. That is awesome. And you are accountable to the Lord for that and you are blessed by the Lord for that. So we exist to glorify God. And I made the case last week that how we glorify God is expressed, and that's the second, if we're we're the main center thing of, of everything we're doing in this fellowship, or as Christians, is to glorify God. The second thing out is, well, how does that happen? And it's simply to love and obey Jesus Christ. 
That's how you glorify God, is you love and obey Jesus Christ. That brings glory to God. Deuteronomy 6, as I shared last week, expresses the connection between loving God and obeying God when it says in verse 5 of Deuteronomy 6, Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. What does that mean? What are they trying to say? You love Him with all of yourself. There's no part left undone. Your body, your mind, your emotions, your actions. And so we're to love God with our thinking and our emotions, with our bodies. And simply demonstrated, love and obedience is to walk like Jesus walked. It's to walk like Jesus walked. You want to know what that practically looks like? You look at the person of Jesus Christ. How did he interact with other people? What did he do when he was persecuted? What did he do when he was faced with opportunities to help people? Did he always help people? What did he do with his time and his priorities? Yeah, what did he do with his life? Poured it out. For whom? You're looking at him. Yeah. And where to go and do likewise. And so that is how, in general, it's, it's to love and obey Jesus Christ. Well, what did that look like? And this is the, per- the, the third thing. What did it look like when Jesus, how did he live? And that's kind of the third component of what our vision is, is, is what does living and obeying God look like? And, and we took you through, I took you through John 15, Acts 2, and several other verses that identified five areas that we kind of identified that we see in the life of Jesus that were directly tied to his love and his obedience to the Father. Five areas. And, and they're right there. The word, prayer, worship, fellowship, and witness. You see those things flowing through Jesus' life. They're just, that's, the, you know what this whole thing is? This is spirit-filled living. That's what we're getting at. It's spirit-filled living. And that's what Jesus did. He was in the Word. Yes, He was the Word. He prayed, asked the Lord's will, what He should do, even down to choosing the disciples. He was a worshiper, worshiping not in the sense of just singing. Yes, they did hymns and all that stuff, but we're talking about He laid down His life. He was a living sacrifice and was a sacrifice. That's what true worship is. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He was in fellowship. And we talked about last week, how are we to obey the Lord? How do we love and obey the Lord if we're not around each other? If he says, this is my commandment, that's you what? Love one another. There's 52 one another's in the New Testament that we get to do. Forgive one another, love one another. You know, and I shared from my own heart, my own experiences, my failure in these areas, and how I came to, it's not a legal thing, okay, I've got to get these boxes checked off, but it's a heart thing. As you hang out with Jesus, he's going he's to start pointing these areas out in our lives that we would reflect him more. <clears throat> so how am I to forgive people if I'm not around people in order to forgive them? How am I to use the spiritual gifts that God has given me if I'm not around people to use those spiritual gifts if I'm so busy with everything else in my life. You see, the priorities of Jesus, he was around God's people. Was he not? The disciples, what were they busy? Why in the world, you, you think we're busy. They were very busy people too. People are normally busy, right? To work. What were they doing? They were making time to be with one another. Why? So they could love one another. So they could care for one another. Because the love of Christ compelled them. The mercies of God were so rich in their life. Their worship was so rich that they couldn't help but say, I can't wait to get around this group of people so that I can find out a need and I can go meet that need as the Lord supplies. It's the burden of my heart. And guess what? There's also a huge need in that person's life who's giving that can only be met in the context of the body of Christ. And so they receive as well. And that's what that koinonia is. That word, that fellowship word. It's communing with one another, 
giving, receiving back and forth, administering the grace of God in each other's lives. If we can go on in several different verses, I won't do that. That's not my focus this morning. And so the practical application of glorifying God in our lives is within the context of the body of Christ. That's one avenue. The second avenue that I see the Lord says is he says, now I want you to take that fellowship, that goodness, the truth of the gospel, that you are changed, you're not living selfishly anymore, you're denying yourself, you're living for others, for others' blessing. I want you to preach that, that you've been changed, first by living it in the body of Christ, and secondly, I want you to go take the message to the world. Has God given you anything that he's meant for you to hold on to? Talking about gifts. He's given you forgiveness. What do you say to do with forgiveness? You've been forgiven, go what? Forgive others. He's given you light. You are the light of the world. What are you supposed to go do with that light? You go shine. You're salt. What are you supposed to do with that saltiness? You go be salt. And he keeps going on. Give and it shall be given. And, and it just keeps on going. Everything he gives us is meant to be poured out. We have the most precious thing that any human could ever, ever have. The forgiveness of sins, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That hope is within each of us. The message is within each of us. That Jesus died for my sins. That he rose again on the third day. And that through faith in that, I too will rise again. And we'll have eternal life. I have eternal life in Christ Jesus and we'll be with him forevermore and reap rewards. And I'm a son and all the Ephesians chapter one through three stuff we talked about, right? But we are not to hold on to that. We are to be witnesses. And to hold on to that and to not share that with the world, to not partner with people who are sharing with that and with the world is, is not glorifying God. What did Jesus do? He preached the gospel. We are to do likewise. Now, not all of us have different giftings. Some of us might be more of the spearhead evangelist type. But how are we coming alongside and supporting the gospel going forward, you see? What are our parts in that? Some of us have prayer giftings. Some of us have you know, evangelism giftings out, maybe out in front. Some of us have teaching giftings. Some of us have uh, mercy gifting and, and, and helps and all these types of things all coming together to bring that focus of the gospel out and to penetrate Walla Walla, to penetrate your neighbor's house. Some of you have hospitality, opening your homes. So we all... We all are going to be a part of it. This is, I just see these things as, as a spirit-led life. And I might gravitate towards mo- one more than the other because I'm, I'm, I'm gifting, but all these things are kind of integrated in the life of a believer, are they not? Because that's what Jesus modeled. And so why do we exist to glorify God? How do we do it through love and obedience? And what does that look like? Well, it's just the word, we're going to be in the word. We're going to be in prayer. We're going to be worshiping. We're going to be uh, in fellowship with one another, and we're going to be witnessing. Make sense? Yeah? yeah? All right, cool. I know it. <clears throat> so, our vision is summed up by saying that we exist to glorify God. And so, now what does that look like practically? What are we going to do <laughs> about it? And so, if I could introduce some important terms, and, and I'm not going to have any more graphics for you. I didn't all graphic it out, okay? You just got to listen and take notes and all that great stuff. But if I could introduce some important terms that the elders have, have come to use that helped, have helped us kind of distinguish um, what we're doing and, and how we're thinking through all this and communicating it and all that stuff like that, for lack of a better word. But there are three terms that we're using 
a lot, and they're basically our vision, strategy, and plan, okay? I'm just kind of, this is, might be a little bit businessy for you. That's okay. Don't worry. It's okay to be a little bit businessy. We're trying to communicate something. But vis- vision, strategy, and plan. And so our vision, it speaks to why we exist. And now strategy is more along the lines of, of how we accomplish it. You know, Jesus kind of had a big vision. He said, go into all the world. How are you going to do that? Go preach, and, preach the gospel. What do we do? Make disciples. It gets more defined as you go down. So broad vision, we just want to glorify God through love and obedience to Jesus Christ. Well, how is that working out? What are we going to do as a church? And so our strategy is describing, and that's kind of what we're getting into right now, is, is how we're going to go glorify God in 2016. Our strategy for 2016 is for every one of us to be a part of reaching and discipling families in Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ. Every single one of us to be a part of reaching and discipling families for Jesus Christ. That's where we're focusing. We're not excluding people who are single, don't get me that wrong, you know, ministry of the homeless, all this type. We're not excluding any of that. But as a church, we're just saying, we're going we're gonna to pray for and head out and do one thing well together. We're just going to galvanize and focus as a church. And we're going to reach families for Jesus Christ with the gospel, and we're going to disciple them with the gospel. Amen? That's a major focus for the remainder of the year, and we're excited about it. I am excited about it. Now, how are we going to do that? I want to share a little bit about that strategy. Um, If I could divide our strategy into two different parts, if you can think about how are we going to reach and disciple families inside the church and outside the church? I want to start thinking as a church everything we do inside, outside. Inside, outside. Fellowship, witness. Fellowship, witness. Fellowship, witness. Fellowship, witness. We've got to, we've got to think like that. Otherwise, what happens is we just become a, a, a little tight-knit family, which is awesome, but what excludes the world around us, and we die. And that's kind of what's happening. Straight out. You know, I shoot from the hip. We're not very outreach-oriented as a church, right? Right? So we need to have the Lord redo that work in our hearts. Now, I'm not saying, now you gotta, I don't want to qualify everything I'm saying. Yes, many of you are a part of that, but in general as a whole, we get together on Sunday, we get together in a few groups on Wednesday, but it's, it's really, we're not an outreaching church. We're just not. We don't see fruit in that area. And so we want to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, will you make, because that's Jesus' heart, is it not? Do we see that when we see Jesus? So it's not about getting us to conform to some little model. It's about, Lord, will you do that work in us as a fellowship? Will you make us more like your son who desires to seek and save those who are lost, who leaves the 99 and goes after the one? Amen? Amen? Lord, do that in our hearts. And so, just like me with my own personal story with fellowship, we as a fellowship have things that we're going to work on. Things that we might be more gifted in or not gifted in. But regardless, we're all called to certain things. And one of them is definitely witnessing. And so part of it is we want to look at how we can, we can uh, reach. That means preach the gospel to people who are going to church in here and also disciple them, their families, especially the kids, inside the church and outside the church. And so, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing. So I want to take a look at inside now. What's our strategy to reach and disciple families in Jesus within our church? And we're just keeping very narrow. There's a lot of different avenues we can go down. We're just going down one today, Okay. While we could speak about several areas, I just want to zero in on, on, on one, which is our children. Our children. If we're going to further reach and disciple our families within CCF, a huge, a huge privilege and responsibility we have will be to reach and disciple our children and youth in Jesus Christ. It's huge. How many of you feel the weight of that for your grandkids, for your kids, 
that they would know Jesus, they would follow Jesus? How many of you feel unequipped? How many of you feel like, oh, I don't even know what to do? Anyone else? How many didn't get the, the manual that came with your kid? You didn't get that? Okay. How many had awesome examples? Some of you had awesome examples in that. How many had no examples? You know, I'm just saying we've got a whole different range of things that have gone on, right? So we have an awesome responsibility to reach and disciple our children and youth in Jesus. And as you know, over the past several years, Gary has been uh, spearheading our children's and youth ministry and organizing that and, and kind of spreading himself really, really thin, which is awesome. And we praise God for that. So uh, we, we want to we thank God for Gary. We want to thank God for all the people who have been serving. And what we're doing now is we want to inco- continue the ball rolling and to grow it even more. And so and, uh, Gary and I have been praying, the elders, especially Gary and I, have been praying about the emphasis of reaching and discipling families. And we believe that we need to put a lot of time and emphasis on our, on our children in youth ministries. A lot of emphasis on, on that. Older generation, this is not saying that we do not love you and we do not respect you. We need your strong foundation. Do you understand that? Nothing that's going to happen is going to be done apart from you saying yes. This is not to say that we would want to abandon the older generation. We're just saying we've got to reach the next one. Amen? We've got to reach the next one. And so Gary and I came to the conclusion that Gary would be specifically focused more of his gifts and time with our older youth. And Gary, what did we say ages that was? Was it 12 and up or was it? 12 and up. And so, and Gary is currently tasked with putting together a team uh, to put new life into our youth ministry, 12 and up. So praise the Lord for that, right? And they're going to be working on youth group and Sunday mornings and be pulling their gifts together, develop a plan for reaching and discipling our older kids. It's, it's a focus. We want you to join. If that's where your heart beats, you've got to seek out Gary. He's going to be seeking people out. But what we're looking for are people who glorify God through love and obedience, and we see these things acting in their life. And what I love about this is that as you jump in, God just starts to work these things in your life. So you don't have to be perfect. Amen? How many of you feel like, yay, I don't have to be perfect? <laughs> That's awesome. But there are certain things. We, we, you know, we've got to make sure we're not having a huge major sin. Right? And the, the, those things, that can take things out. And so we want to work with you, not just to say, oh, you can't be part of something, but to overcome that in your life, right? Before we plug you into some important things. But we want everybody to be involved. We want to have hearts that desire to glorify God, and specifically glorifying God through reaching and discipling families. And so this is our immediate goal. And Gary's working, he's, gonna, he's been working with me to, uh, to kind of find a structure for that and to develop a plan. And he's going to be putting that team together. Now running parallel with that, uh, the elders uh, will be praying for and beginning to, ex- to explore the Lord's will regarding a youth intern or a youth pastor that would be able to take ministry beyond our walls into the community. There's only so much bandwidth that we have. And we need to not think small. We need to think big. And so we're only going to be able to do so much. But we want the Lord to be able to, we want to explore and ask and see if this is the Lord's will. We don't know. Is it okay to say I don't know? Don't know. But we're going to pursue down that road. Praying, exploring, talking with people, parents. Just, Lord, is this really what you want? And we're going to have to reconcile finances. We're going to have to reconcile a person. There's going to be a lot of faith involved. Not crazy faith, but spirit-led faith, right? We're just going to have to see what God does. But we're going to go down this road. And what's funny is that as we start to go down this road, the Lord's just going to direct us where he wants. That's what I was praying for in the beginning. Great, Matt has this plan. It's like, no, we've been praying about this. We're going to go down this road in, Lord, wherever you want to direct us. I want to go to the north. And the Holy Spirit said what? No, you can't go that way. Okay, well, I'm going to go to the south. And the devil stopped them from going this way. 
And so he had to go on, and that's where he met Luke, and that's where he met uh, Timothy, and you know the blessings that that happened. So Lord, direct us through circumstances, amen? Don't want to try to push something through, just like the well situation that's happening with our church. Lord, just fix our water. It's tainted water. We just want to dig a well and already, day after day, day after day, searching these things out. I mean, uh, your heavenly reward, Artie, is going to be like several billion trucks backed up and dumping crowns just for the water project. I'm not kidding. He and Fred, you know what I mean? And here we are trying to just get a well on our property and, and the government's, you know, give us a hard time and funding's not there and all this stuff and we're just so small-minded. And I'm not saying that as a, as a, as a bet. I'm small-minded. I'm going, Lord, just... Argh government and you know and just start to why isn't it happening i just want to force this plan to happen it needs to happen god's like i got a bigger plan matt get out of the way got a bigger plan i want to heal college places water through you guys so just let me do my thing and god's doing his thing he's awesome so i want to be sensitive to that as we move forward with these plans of man amen God directs the path that we want to be open to. So, Lord, Spirit, lead us. So that's the older group. Now, running parallel with that, so we want to be praying for maybe the Lord's will with youth intern or youth pastor, if that should would it be, so that we could reach out into, into high schools and we can reach out into people's um, you know, soccer practices and families and equipping and, and just all these things that would be really a blessing for our kids, especially in this day and age. Now, with Gary overseeing the older kids, we have a gap with our K-6 through kids. And what is awesome is that the Lord put on our hearts, as we have been praying as elders and also just Gary and I, a dear sister in the Lord, to work with Gary specifically and and myself kind of overseeing, along with the counsel of of a dear sister in the Lord, uh, to, to step out in faith and reach and disciple our kids in Jesus Christ. And so we're excited, and we are blessed that Rainier Arevalo is going to be our new children's ministry leader. Praise the Lord, huh? <laughs> now, she's young in the Lord, right? What does it say about young in the Lord? Don't lay on hands on someone too fast. So what are we looking for? Do we see someone who wants to glorify God? Rainier, this is, this is future stuff, right? I see this in Tony and Rainey's life, okay? There's fruit came to the Lord here two years ago almost? Right. And then, right. And then before that. And so, we see see love and obedience. They're in fellowship. They're in the word. They're in prayer. They're in worship. They're witness. They're growing in the Lord. But what needs to happen is, have any of you saw like some Facebook pictures of me this, this past week? I mean, in a band. Remember, who is that skinny guy? I know it. <laughs> Good looking. I was like, I'm just kidding. That was back in 2001. I had hair. Yeah, it's just not, I'm having trouble, you know. Pray for my hair situation. That's, that's phase two. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I was, what, Christine, we were, th- maybe I was th- 97, in the summer of 97, I came Lord. That's 2001. I had already been, a worship leader at a church of, that grew from 200 when I started to around 750. And I got worship teams. I'm, I'm 21, and God's doing all this crazy stuff. And let me tell you, that was an amazing time, just being young in the Lord, of God growing me in the ministry, learning how to fail around people who loved me. Do I still fail? Yes, I just feel bigger. And I have a bigger group that comes around me and loves me even more. Seriously. And so we're excited to have Rainy kind of just focus with the children's ministry. Now, what does that mean? We haven't all figured it out yet. Okay? I don't have the specifics of the plan. But there's a lot of awesome ideas, and I'm not going to steal your thunder. Okay? We're going to... Yeah, I'll make it, I'm going to have you come up here and preach for around 45 minutes on it next week. Are you ready next week? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to lay hands on some people probably next week or the week after, okay? We just feel like we just want to see God 
work to them. Neat, awesome things. So inside, just really quickly, she's going to be working closely with Gary and our existing children's ministry team, those of you who've been serving, to further develop a team and, and to plan to reach and disciple our younger children in Jesus Christ. And it, how awesome it is going to be to have so many of you surround and encourage her and to help equip her in, the, in, in these ideas. She's got ideas, but there's going to need to be some, you know, help, lots of help. I've got ideas a lot, but I need help. We need help to happen what the Lord has to have happen. So this is where we all come alongside and we start filling in these things and using our gifts to complement the vision that the Lord has given us, the direction. And so, as a parent, I'm excited. In addition, she also has a heart to reach outside her fellowship and, and is going to be working with Gary and me eventually when the time comes about how that might look. Okay? And so, as far as our inside strategy to reach and disciple families in Jesus, the first is to put a great amount of focus on our children and youth ministries. A great amount of focus. We want to do that. We want to partner with you parents in this. We want to make it great for our families here. Every single one who comes in uh, for your kids and your grandkids and your neighbors and whoever it might be. So very, very simply put, if you want to reach families who have kids, um, let me just say that um, we are going to be absolutely focused on that. The second component <coughs> of the inside aspect will be that we're going to need to reallocate and renovate some of the space within our facility. Reallocate and renovate some of the space within our facility. Very simply put, if you want to reach families who have kids, parents by nature are going to be apprehensive about being at a church that does not value the safety of their child nor where they feel that their child is not loved or cared for. I'm not saying that we do not love and care for our kids, but sometimes as I've talked to parents, they walk in, they don't feel necessarily that the kids are in a safe place or a clean place. We, how many of you know living in your house, you don't see things what no people do coming in? Right. So why do you think there's constant customer surveys happening with companies? Why are they bugging you when it's time for you to eat your dinner? Why do they say after a phone call, we want to know what you think? Now, do we make all our decisions based upon what people think? No, we make our decisions ultimately on what the Lord says. But there are some things that are very practical that we can be doing. And so we want to express the love of Jesus. Hear, Hear me now. We want to express the love of Jesus to our families as well as those who might be visiting by not having, uh, I'm sorry, by not only having uh, (laughs) great people serve them, which we do, but also to step up our game by providing a clean and safe environment for our kids. Case in point, and I'm just really, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about one area. We are going to have a dedicated nursery that does not have a strange side room with blacked out windows, nor microwaves, or towering bookshelves just not happening anymore. It's changing. It's a priority. Amen? We hear you. We heard you. Families, we want to love your kids. We want to feel safe. We're going to have a dedicated nursery that any mom, dad would feel more than comfortable putting their newborns and toddlers in during the service. And Lord bless you, Carol Henry and their team for trying to make the best out of the situation that we have. Amen? Praise the Lord for you. Thank you. And so I called Carol and I said, hey, will you help me brainstorm? And and she doesn't know what she's in for yet, but she's going to be a part. We're going to be brainstorming about what that's going to look like. New toys, clean walls, all that kind of stuff. Just so a parent would walk in and go, wow, this 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 is nice. Now, I know that was our original intent, and I know we had stuff with the school. We'll get to that strategy coming up here. But just one to lay that out. So we're taking, we're talking clean, new, and safe, painted walls, and what have you, but whatever it might be. But in addition to the nursery, we're going to work with Rainy, and we're going to work with Gary about setting up our new children and youth ministry, and we're going to see about how that looks, how that looks, where that's going to be, um, to make it their own, okay? So that's part of it. Notice I don't have details down, do I? I'm just talking strategy. Vision, glorify God. Glorify God by reaching families. 
well, we want to do some things inside, which deals with specific ministry. How are we going to give them the gospel? How are we going to disciple them? That's through people. Gary, Rainey, teams, but also some practical things. People walking into our church. How are you going to catch fish if fish don't like your lure? Sorry, we live in a society that's carnal. We're catching carnal men. Jesus met often physical needs at the same time he's given them spiritual needs. And so parents, they want to be in a place where their kids are loved, where their kids maybe be even entertained a little bit. I know it sounds evil. But they have fun is what I'm saying. But they're given the word of God and they're loved by people. Amen? We want to do that. We're already doing it. We want to do it bigger and better. Not to say, oh, look at us. We're big, shiny. We just want to love. That's the motive. Not to say, look at us. We're competing with so-and-so. Forget that. We're all on the same team. Amen? But as far as our fellowship, what we're responsible for, not what everybody else is responsible, what we are, we're going to work to see that that happen. Amen? Amen. And so, in addition to the nursery, we're going to work with Rainy and Gary about seeing how all that stuff works out. And I'm going to step out of the limb here and say that, that we also need to update our bathrooms. <laughs> Ladies, I've been praying for you for a while. <laughs> Listen, I want to say again to, to, to Artie, I mean, this guy has worked tirelessly at putting, keeping this place together. and He's done a great job. Amen? <clears throat> Amen. So this is not to say that. It's just you can only throw stuff at stuff for so long before it falls apart. Amen? And it would be great. <laughs> I already kind of sitting there going, yes, amen. <laughs> but it would be great, you know, if we could work. Now, I'm not saying that, that you know, we, how are we going to work the funds out and all that Christ? We've got we to gotta pray about that and seek it out. But that's something, as people are walking the door, as, as our people walk in the door, something practical we can look at and go, gosh, this, I, I want to hold it for like a year because I don't want to be, I don't want to have that scenario. <laughs> amen? Okay, just me. All right, <laughs> just kidding. So I'm just, just saying there's some things that practically, you know, can happen. And they would, they would make it a little, a little bit more... Um, inviting for families. That's, that's, that's all we're saying. I love who we are. I love a place. I love the property and all that type of stuff. I don't feel like we need to, you know, put bells and whistles and searchlights and all that stuff, but just to set our table, as someone said. Make sense? Set a table for the guests. But that's ultimately not, is what, it's not what it's going to minister to people. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the love of the body of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit connecting that with people. But if someone is so carnal that they walk in and go, oh gosh, look at this, see you later, and they miss out on how great you guys are, that's what gets me. That's what gets me. They don't even get a chance to connect with you. They don't even get a chance to know you because maybe they're not there yet. Maybe they're just thinking about the, something about their kids or whatever it might be. I just want to remove those obstacles so that they can walk in and go, hmm, wow, look at these people. Look how they love one another. Look how they, they care deeply for one another. Look how they want to say hello to me almost too much. Look how they want to embarrass me on Sunday morning by making me say my name. <laughs> I'm just saying. So anyways, we, 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 we heard you when you were talking about uh, how Jesus loves kids. He does love kids, and we want to we make that the emphasis in our fellowship for this year. That's not to say we won't be branching out in other areas, but all the ministries are going to kind of focus on how we can all come together on that. And it's going to be exciting. Imagine what the worship team could do with kids. Imagine what the, the guys could do with kids and the ladies or whatever it might be and how we can come together and, and just see what the Lord would do. So I, I want you to dream with me there. I want you to be a part of it with me and looking forward to that. Now let's talk outside outside CCF for the next 15 minutes. How are we going to reach and disciple families outside CF, CCF? Let's talk about our relationship with Liberty Christian School. So, you know our 30-year contract is going to expire this summer. It's been a source of great talking and prayer and, 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 and just, just a lot of struggle 
for all of us. We're trying to discern what to do. And the elders have been, have been in prayer, and we've been in the Word, and we've met for hours upon hours of discussion. We have sought you for your thoughts and your counsel on the matter, and, and we have heard you. We've heard all the different aspects. Many of you have been here for a long time, and some of you have been here for a short time, and all the in-betweens and the different um, maybe, maybe uh, hurts and then sometimes blessings and all these types of things. And, and we take all this in and we say, Lord, what glorifies you? That's a hard one, isn't it? When you know whatever decision you go down, you could probably frustrate some people, and then you could make some other people go yay, and then whatever. You have to know our heart in this decision is not political. Our heart in this decision is coming down to say, Lord, what glorifies you? How can we love and obey? And how, how can we just bring your name uh, out there, and we feel and we believe, stepping out in faith. And we we've had just if we and this is the thinking real quickly, if we exist to glorify God, does it glorify God to disassociate ourselves from a group of families and children when our strategy for 2016 to glorify God is to reach and disciple families for Jesus Christ? Can you work that through with me? How can we say goodbye to a group of families that were associated closely when we need to reach families for Jesus Christ? That's what, we're str- that's what we struggled with. And the answer to that question for us is we cannot alienate them at this time. We can't. We can't do it. Not at this time. And so what we have done is we've offered a one-year extension on our contract with Liberty Christian School. Now, let me, let me, let me and it's, it's before them now. What they do with it is up to them. But what we, what we also believe is it does not glorify God to continue our relationship as it has been for the past 30 years. We do not believe that it is CCF's main focus to, sus- to sustain Liberty Christian School. That is not our main focus. But to the degree that we can reach and disciple families at Liberty Christian School, we should partner with them in a relationship that is mutually beneficial. That's what I think. That's what the elders believe. That there's a way that we can mutually come together, that it would be good for both parties, not just a one-sided deal, to where we're both like a body, benefiting from each other, then we'll see. And so we've put a a one-year kind of, we'll see, step of faith to see what the Lord would do. And so within the contract extension that is set before them, several changes have been made to reflect a mutually beneficial relationship, some of which include uh, monthly rent, beneficial for both parties, not overburdensome, but reasonable. We simply cannot continue the route we're doing without taking care of the facility and, taking in, in f- and fulfilling the vision we're going to, to and there's a great amount of wear and tear on the building, and we need to be able to put back into it and to take care of some things. And so monthly rent that's beneficial for both parties. Proportional utility cost sharing. Custodial service requirements. The day of reckoning is coming. Dedicated space for CCF ministries and things like that. So please be in prayer for their board for wisdom. And I believe God is a big God, and he will provide for them. But again, it is our strategy as a fellowship to reach and disciple families for Jesus Christ. And so we do not want to have a a legal relationship with Liberty Christian School. Our heart is that they would actually come to our fellowship. They'd be a part of our fellowship. We know all the stuff that's happened in the past, but you can't decree that stuff. That's not love. You can only make it sweet. 
And we have families here that need Jesus. And so outside, part of our strategy is to reach. And this is where Rainey would come in, Gary, and we would be talking about maybe how ways that we could come together with them and be mutually beneficial to where we could actually minister to them in love and see what those things are. And this is where Kale and I, Pastor, uh, uh, Principal Ho and I, we have one-on-one conversations and we talk about the heart things. And we say, what's God doing? We pray for one another and we see what God was doing. And I don't know where it's going to go, folks. I, I have no clue. This could be a big train wreck, okay? Like I said, I fail bigger now, right? <laughs> but I'm trusting in the goodness of the Lord. I'm trusting that he's going to do something awesome. I'm trusting that he has something great for them and for us and that we can not sit here and say, uh, see you later at this time when we're actually trying to reach families. Do you see how those two don't go together? If we were to say goodbye and then we have this big old thing to say, we're reaching families for Jesus, what do we just do? Whether you had legal grounds to or not and all that type of stuff, I just don't think that glorifies the Lord at this time. We don't think that does. And so we want to move down that that path. Yes, we have certain things that are, are in stone. We're asking for rent. We're ask, we're, these things we're going to require. But beyond that, we want to see what God does and be open to it. And what I really feel, church, listen, this is going to be hard and I don't like to share things, but um, I think it's time. I think we need, to, we need to be forgiving. We have some things in our hearts that have not been right before the Lord that we need to forgive, that we need to go ahead and have some things dealt with in our own hearts, and our own minds, whatever things have gone in the past. We need to be a church that says, Lord, maybe I've been wronged, or maybe this, this hasn't done this or that. It, we just got to take that stuff and lay it before it and get it out, because that's going to be a roadblock for whatever we're doing in the future, no matter what we're doing, where we're going. And I think that's one of the reasons why God brought all this stuff together, so that stuff comes up. In my heart... And I've only been here for a while. Six years, April 1. Praise the Lord. Woo. But in all of us. And my job isn't to tell you everything is, is hunky-dory, but it's to say, I think the Lord's zeroing in on some things in my own life and in our lives that maybe he wants to get rid of because he wants to do something new. And you know what the Lord says about old wineskins? You guys are not old wineskins, Amen. <laughs> No, you're not. You're spirit-filled believers. You're flexible. You're going to stretch with what God wants to do next. Otherwise, you're going to burst. Don't want that to happen. I want you to spread, be soft and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be open to His leading. Me too. Amen? So, because there are families who do not know Jesus and do not go to our church who attend at, at Liberty, and that's where Rainey and Gary and I, we're going to pray and, and, and just see what the Lord would do. But first, we're going to focus on our place. But we might put on a VBS this summer. We want to, we want, you know, liberty's just just a, a small aspect. We want to we just not think about that. We want to think about, we've got a facility with a gym. People calling all the time to use it. How can we use this thing for God's glory? Not just to get rent or something like that, but how can, what, God, what do you want to do with what we have? It's yours. Amen. So uh, be thinking bigger about all these things, exploring and planning. Lord, what do you want to do? What work do you want to do through us? And so uh, there are families in the community that need the gospel, and that need his word, and they need his love and experience and expressed through you. Okay, church, while we could have talked about so many things today, I you know, men's ministry and worship and so forth. I just wanted to give you a single focus for our fellowship this year. Just one aspect of what we're going to be aiming at as a fellowship. And listen, we're all going to be involved. We're going to be a church that's involved because the Bible says that every part, every, every part of the body of Christ does its part. Now, obviously, some degrees are going to be different than others, but we want everybody to be involved. We're not going to be a church that sits on Sundays. We're going to be a church that is connected and we're going together. Amen? And by the way, 
this is not going to be a perfect process. If you are easily offended, get ready to be offended. Okay? It, you will. Amen? It's just going to happen. When changes happen, people get upset. And there's not going to be perfect communication, but I'm going to try my best. We're going to try our best as fallen people to communicate as best as possible as we can. We're going to talk about vision and strategy and plan, and you're going to go, what are those? Where do I go? And we're going to try to say who you go to and what we're doing and all these things. And we're going to need to hear from you. Hey, I'm not hearing this. What, what are we doing? We're just going to have to grow in this experience together as we go out. Are you, are you willing to grow? Are you willing to just step out? Are you willing to figure this out together as a family as we just move forward in the Lord? Don't have to have it all figured out. Let's want Jesus to lead us. And my exciting thing is that we're moving. We're moving, right, as a church. We're going to get on board. I'm going to work with points of, of contact within all the ministries to help focus what the elders have directed and, and, and I'm going to equip and, and encourage and you guys can put together teams and we're going to see what God creates. And the whole idea of a big giant tree is to do what? A fruit tree. Bear fruit. All working together. Not so one part gets to go, but we want to bring that fruit. And that's the thing about John 15. You're in the word. You're biting in me. You're praying. You're seeking me. You're obeying me. And what happens? You ask and you receive. And you have the fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. To the glory of God, it says. He wants the fruit. He purchased us to see the fruit of righteousness flow through us. He purchased us to see the fruit of the Spirit flow within us. He purchased us to see all the fruit that He desires, the fruit of good works, flow and develop in our fellowship and in our lives. All working to do our parts. And my job isn't to dictate exactly what that is for you, but I'm going to challenge you in that. And the elders are going to come up and say, you know, we see this in you. Or you're going to go, you know what? I think I want to try this. And you're going to start to step out and you're going to go, wow, that didn't work out. You know what? That's how the Lord directs you. And you realize, oh, here I go. But unless you step out, you're not going to know. So church, I want you to be praying. We need to be praying, amen? Got to be praying. Praying Lord, make my heart your heart to reach and disciple families and kids for Jesus Christ. I want to be all in, both inside and out. Whatever my part is, no matter how big or how small, just whatever you want, Lord, wherever you want me in that growth process, wherever you want me in that, with my gifts. I don't have to be in a pulpit. I can be way behind a plant, you know, behind something, just doing something behind the scenes. So the gospel goes forward. So people are edified in love. Whatever that is. I find that funny. Christina and I, God put us together. Here I am in front of the pulpit. She's back there. When we first got together, she had a music stand. And it was a wide one. You know the wide ones? And she'd pull it all the way up. And she's just up there because she's with me, right? And no one would be able to know who she is. Or she'd have a plant. We'd just joke around. We'd put plants in front of the piano. So different parts of the body. Amen? So just longing for that to continue to happen in our, in our fellowship. And let me, let me finish up here. I know we have a lot of questions about specifics. Real quickly, when are we going to change over the children's ministry? Uh, when are we going to do the nursery? Uh, when are all these things going to take effect with the school? I don't know. Okay, just to give you that, but we will find out and we'll let you know. Okay? I'm giving you strategy. Plan happens a little bit later as we get these people together. You're part of the plan, by the way. You're the one developing the plan with us. Um, so that's that third thing we want to figure out. What the actual nuts and bolts look like, what the details are, that's the plan. We're not there on everything yet. We don't have all the details to figure out. And again, that's where you come in. That's where you are abiding in Christ. You're in the Word. You're in the prayer. You're, you're in fellowship. You're a worshiper. You're witnessing. You're engaged in this body of believers. And by faith, you join a team and support a servant leader within the church. The Lord will just make it happen naturally. 
He'll start pulling it out, and he'll, he'll challenge you. Like Gary or Rainey or Larry with worship, you're just going to step out and say, okay, Lord, use me, and he'll just take you and begin to use you. Or myself. You know? It's all about stepping out. But the energy we desire for you to bring and the, and the life and the good works we want you to, to bring out because you are part of glorifying God in this fellowship. And we cannot glorify God without you. You are the plan. You're, the, you're part of, of what the body of Christ. We cannot function without you. We need you. The Lord has called you to be a part of this. He's commanded you, and I don't even want to go there, but that's exactly what he says. He's commanded you to be a part of this and to engage and to lay down your life, to lay down your calendar, to lay down all your aspirations for whatever he wants, not what Matt tells you to do, but what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And you just say, Lord, I surrender whatever you want. And you step out in faith. Amen? That won't happen if you're not abiding. So we want each of you to be a part of this. So start by being fully connected to the vine and see where he puts you as you step out in faith. We have much more to communicate on the heart of these matters and we are asking, I'm asking this month that you would begin to fast and pray for us, for the fellowship as we begin to step out. What happens when you start to step out into the battle? going to get hit. What have we been talking about in Ephesians? Put on the armor. We're going to put on the armor, church. That's why I'm spending time on it. We're putting on the armor. And we got to keep going over it until we have the armor on. Because you step out day one and guess what? Lord, church, I've struggled in fellowship. Remember last week? Oh yes, you know, and and the value of fellowship and opening my home. And what did I send out to you guys this week on Wednesday? I'm sick. Can't have fellowship in my house. It's canceled. You think that, I just, I don't want to over-spiritualize things, but you think that's a coincidence? I think there's some things going on there. You want to step out? We're going to get hit. We've got to know the enemy wants to take that and discourage us right away. Someone's going to say something to you that's going to frustrate you. We've got to take that to the Lord. We've got to learn to communicate God in, in a godly way to one another, amen? It's just going to happen. We're in a family. We're going to move through. We're not going to talk behind each other's backs about each other. We're going to go to the person, and we're going to say, this is what I think. This is what's going on. This is what I'm struggling with. I might be wrong, but help me. We're going to do it in a godly way, amen? So I just want to have these things going on. And in my life, so fast and pray is, is huge. Church, over the next 30 days, will you fast and pray with me as you see fit? Maybe forego a meal or pray, pray, fast for a day or whatever you want to do. Not in front of everybody, but will you fast and pray? We want, we want the Lord's willingness, his, his protection, His guidance. Fast and pray for Gary and Rainey and Larry in worship, me in teaching and the other areas. Fast and pray for the elders that we would focus on the word and prayer and tending and feeding the flock undistracted. Elders need to be doing more of that and less of other stuff. So there's going to be a lot of delegation going on, a lot of trust. They're delegating a lot of that to me to give away. Pray that the elders would eld and the deeks would deek. <clears throat> Fast and pray for the word of God to dwell in our hearts richly and to be proclaimed boldly. God's word would be rich in your heart. It would be like a jingle in your head. It would just be saturating you and that you would be able to proclaim it boldly when the Holy Spirit prompts you to. Fast and pray that we would have a sense to put on the armor of God because we're stepping onto a battlefield looking to take much ground and the enemy has a counterattack prepared. He's already working. Fast and pray that all these things we think and plan would be humbly submitted to the will of the Lord and we wouldn't step out in pride. Oh, Lord, protect us from spiritual pride, that we've got the plan, that it's going to be perfect, that it's going to happen this way. Lord, just guide and direct. And as we see a change, we just say, hey, it's changing. Talk to the guy upstairs, <laughs> you know, or whatever it might be. But the, uh, the heart is, if the Lord wills, pray that that would be our heart, if the Lord wills in all of this, not our will but his. And we believe 
This is his will. This is the step he's called us for. But however you may direct us, Lord, be glorified. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that your name would be glorified in us. That when people see the name of Christ Community Fellowship, they would associate it with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the life of God. And Lord, we pray that your, many of your enemies would come to know your, your, your beautiful mercy. We pray that our neighbors who do not know you would know you because we have you living in and through us and we are light shining in a dark neighborhood. We pray that we'd be bold like your son and love deeply and be able to ask for forgiveness and to give of ourselves and to use what we have for your kingdom. Help us to live selflessly more and more, Lord. Lead us as a fellowship. We're asking, Lord, as you've called out your people to go into all the world to preach the gospel and make disciples, we're asking that that would happen in in our church And specifically, Lord, that you'd help us to reach families with kids. And Lord, not at the exclusion of others. We want all. But Lord, as we focus, just guide us into your fruitful ministry. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.